Uh, Our focus today is found in the book of Luke chapter 24. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they walked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and did not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But he had hoped that he was the one, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish are you? How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them what had happened on the way and how Jesus... was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Our uh, Easter celebration continues in the church, and we're talking about the impact of the resurrection. Specifically today, we're talking about what happened when two disciples were taking a walk. You know, walking is, uh, especially at my age, is probably one of the best exercises that you can do. And I've learned that uh, walking lowers your LDL, your bad cholesterol. It can raise your HDL, your good cholesterol. It can help you with, uh, to keep your weight under management and reduce the, the risk of diabetes. Uh, people who walk regularly say that they feel better. Uh, their, their minds are clear. In fact, if you come to church here during the week, 
uh, on a given day, you'll find that there are any number of staff people that at the top of the hour take a walk and they walk around the entire facility. It's, it's really good exercise. Uh, here in the United States, though, uh, did you know that we have the worst record of walking uh, of any industrialized country in the world. What do you think the average number of steps? I know some of you keep track of your steps, right? So that's why I'm walking back and forth. I'm uh, adding up my steps here today. Um, the average number of steps for an American is about 5,100 steps, not even two miles, okay? But if you're Amish, if you're an adult Amish, man or woman, your average is about 20,000, so that's a good thing. We didn't do a study on Lutherans yet, though, okay? I don't know where you are. But anyway, walking is good, and it was on a walk when two of the disciples had a stranger come up to them. They did not recognize him, but they, the stranger was nice, and they started talking. And uh, this stranger uh, asked them basically, hey, what's happening? What's going on? And it said they stood still, and the two people that were there, they're their faces were downcast. Have you ever had a downcast face? That's, that's a D word, isn't it? Have you noticed that many of, of our language's most discouraging, depressing words start with a D, okay? Despair, disillusionment, and then you get to the worst one of all, death, okay? The D words. And that's what was happening. And the stranger says, well, why are you so discouraged? What has happened? And they uh, says, are you the only one that, in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? And, and all the things that have happened about, about uh, our friend and our rabbi and our master? And then Jesus, I think this is Luke's attempt at some humor. Jesus says, what things? As if he didn't know what was going on. Because he was the one who went through it. And then they explained about how they had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah that he was the one that had been foretold of old and that he was the one who had come to redeem Israel and to bring Israel back to, to its prominence. They had hoped that this Jesus was the Christ, but now he was gone. He had been crucified. They saw him hanging on the cross. They witnessed when he was being tried and beaten and bruised and bloodied. They know that they put his body into a, into a cave, into a tomb, and then rolled this huge rock in front of it. And so there they are walking with these downcast faces. There was one with them that they didn't recognize. They should have. But friends, have you ever taken that kind of walk and you didn't recognize that Jesus was with you? Have you ever entered any of those D words of discouragement or depression or discouragement when you kind of forgot that the God who made you, the God who redeemed you and adopted you as his own in your baptism, the God who says, I'm always with you to the end of the age, do you forget about Jesus sometimes? Yeah, we all do that, don't we? It was the situation, circumstances that caused the disciples to forget about Jesus and not recognize him. And we go through so many of those kinds of circumstances too, whether it's health-related or job-related or financial-related. Uh, how many of you were planning to mow your grass this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to get to do it. Take a look at the radar, what's heading our way to later today. You know, Things can get you down and get you discouraged. And it's not just circumstances, but people. 
I don't know about you, but when relationships with people get haywire, that can really cause me to get down. When people disappoint you, when people, instead of pointing out things that you try to do or that you do well, they're always jumping on your mistakes. People. And finally, it's our own sinfulness. It's our own pride that often gets in the way and causes us to walk a walk of disillusionment. I don't know about you, but do you ever hit yourself up the side of the head and say, why did I say that? Or why didn't I say this? Or why did I choose to do this? And we make bad choices. We do things that we wish we wouldn't have and that we later regret. And the result is that we don't really recognize that Jesus is with us and we don't trust in Him to help us. Well, friends, I'm, for our main illustration today, I'm going to show you a picture. This picture was painted in 1601 by, by the artist Caravaggio. He was an Italian uh, Renaissance painter. This is right after the Reformation, right at the beginning of the 17th century. And uh, while I'm not an art expert, uh, there's a lot in Christian art that, that can help us to visualize what was going on with these early, with these early disciples. This scene takes place right when the, the two disciples that are sitting at the table with Jesus understand that Jesus is real and that he's sitting with them and that he's alive. Uh, the, the, the person standing is the servant. He's the one waiting on them for the meal. Well, the first thing I want to show you is the still life basket of fruit that's on the table. Can you see that? Now, do you notice that the, the basket of fruit is half on the table and half off the table? The basket is teetering on the edge. And that was the emotion that these two disciples had before they recognized Jesus. That's when they were experiencing the D words. Their faces were downcast. They were discouraged. They were disillusioned. And you know, when a, when a basket of fruit like that is teetering right on the edge, what, does a bump on the ta- what would a, a bump to the table do to that basket? <laughs> it, it would go down, right? Boom, there would be a big crash. And that's how fragile they are. And yet, there was one with them who would be able to rescue them. Now, the, how did Jesus open himself up to the disciples? It really starts back on the road, okay? As they were walking, we are told that Jesus, it says, beginning with Moses and all, all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And it's, it's then that their eyes became opened. You know, Jesus often opens us up to His grace, to His presence, when we're going through a downtime. How does He do it? He does it through His promises and His Word. It's when you understand how much God loves you, that as His child, you belong to Him, and that nothing can ever pull you away or separate you from His love. When you understand that all things, and you trust in this promise, will work together for good to those who love Him and who are called according to His purposes. When you have that, when Jesus opens you up to His Word, then you're able to recognize Him too. And that's what happens to the disciples. He used His Word to open to them as He rehearsed the promises of the Pentateuch, of Moses in the Old Testament. Then He walked through all the prophets of the, of the Old Testament, pointing to, to the fact that the, the, the Messiah would have to die indeed, but then He would be raised from the dead. And all of a sudden, it starts to click on them. And it says that their eyes were opened. That's how God works for us too.
Now, this scene that before us is right when they understand, their eyes are open and they realize that Jesus is alive. The, the one on the right is the only named disciple. His name is Cleopas. And you see his hands are spread as wide as they can go. Look at the joy. Look at the excitement in his gesture. There's so much emotion packed in that one little gesture right there. And, and the artist, Caravaggio, does something here that's unique. You see his hands go in and out of the reference frame of the picture. This was something that was very unique at this time in the art world. Now look at the other disciple. We don't know his name, but see him sitting on the edge of his chair? All of a sudden, he's leaning forward, and he is so excited, it looks like he's about to jump off of his chair and give Jesus a big hug. That's the way I look at it. And then look at Jesus himself. You know, in Mark chapter 16, it tells us that the glorified Christ had a different presence about him. It says that he appeared to the disciples in another form. Now, the artist here, Caravaggio, uh, we don't know what Jesus looked like before or after the resurrection. We didn't have our cell phones back then to take a picture. <laughs> but here, this is the only time that the artist, Caravaggio, pictures Jesus without a beard. Every other time, he's got facial hair. And now, all of a sudden, there he is, clean shaven. What, is, what does that say? Well, we, we aren't sure, but he presents a Jesus that is softer that is gracious, gentle, loving, accepting, Jesus. And even though uh, Jesus disappears from them right after this scene, the two disciples are completely renewed in their faith. And they turn to each other and they say, we're not our hearts burning within us? In other words, they, they're saying, wow, this is really something Jesus is real, and because He lives, we can trust in Him. We know that all the things that He said in the past about Him being the way, the, the truth, and the life, it's true, and we can trust in Jesus because He has won the victory. He is alive, and because He lives, we live too. And when it comes to Jesus, even in a glorified state, just appearing out of nowhere to walk with these disciples on the road, it reminds us that Jesus is still real, that he cares, that he still desires to enter into your situations and my situations, into our relationships, even into our poor decisions, that Jesus is a God of grace who loves and cares for us. Well, what does that all mean for you and me? <laughs> What does it mean as we face the difficult walks of life that we have, our challenges, our difficulties, our tough times? What does it mean? It means that Jesus, just like for the disciples, is not only the God of our past, but he's our God right now. And not only that, but whatever we face in the future, we know that we have a gracious and loving God who is there for us. And even when you don't recognize him, he's still there, isn't he? He says, I will never leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. And that's a promise that we count on. That even when we face dark and discouraging and depressing times, we have a God with us. We have Emmanuel. We have Jesus, our Savior, who rose from the dead 
and so now lives within us. And His power, His presence can handle anything that we face. And you know, for the disciples, it, it, it lifted them up. It changed them. It changed their attitude. It changed their walk. How do we know this? Well, the, let me just point out something else in this story. Because it was toward then the end of the day, after Jesus had already got up, when they realized, they said our hearts were burning within us, it says they got up, and right away they jumped up, and they walked back to Jerusalem. That's a seven-mile trip. That's seven, for me, that's 17,500 steps, okay? <laughs> but they had no hesitancy. Why? Because they had to tell somebody. They were so pumped up. They were so excited, and their message, it's true. The Lord is risen. And that message, that realization that Jesus is true and real for us causes us to live differently too. Our stinking attitudes of negativity can be turned around, right? We don't have to always be talking about the bad stuff. God can lead us to have a joy that, that is beyond maybe the world's comprehension. God can help us to lift up people and to encourage people, even when we don't feel like it. The love of Jesus comes to us to lift up our hearts and our lives, but not only to us, but through us, so that then we become a witness and our step becomes alive. Our walk is one of faith and not by sight. Well, friends, I recommend walking. Uh, it can help you. It's helped me, and it's some of the best exercise that we can do. But even more than physical walking is walking by faith. And it's living with the assurance that Jesus is real. So that when those difficult times come, those D words, and it's really hard to recognize Jesus just like the disciples, you can still know that he's there for you. And he's there for you by his grace and his word in a few minutes, in his sacrament, he wants to come into your life once again to take away your sins, given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins, and then lift you up and to change your walk so that you walk by faith. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.